in, sitting there saying, well, that's good for a laugh, but what does it have to do with anything? Well, I'm not telling you that we all need to start raising our hands in worship. I'm not telling you whether it's a right thing or a wrong thing to do, but it is not a traditional part of our United Methodist heritage. Our church came out of an Anglican tradition and a group that met for three hours every day just to pray. So it's not unexpected that we're a more reverent congregation than some hand-raising churches. So the issue is not whether we should raise our hands in church. Rather, the issue is how is it that we are glorifying Jesus in our worship? The issue is not about high-fiving God and showing him that we're into whatever the latest Christ moment is. It's about how people see Christ when they look at us. It's not about our gestures, but it's about how we respond when people say to us, we want to see Jesus. Some people will choose to be like the scribes and the Pharisees that we've heard so much about in the last couple of weeks. These are the ones who send the message that only the pious elite are good enough to be called people of God. They profess that the poor, the dirty, the addicted, and the ill are not worthy to enter God's house. And like their counterparts in the Bible, Today's Pharisees claim that the established rules of the church must be obeyed. To do otherwise is grounds for condemnation and in some cases um, expatriation. In the minds of today's Pharisees, there are no unjust laws and no gray areas, just black and white and justice. Today's scribes sit in church scoffing at the imperfections of others, all the while knowing that they cannot live up to their own expectations. Together, today's scribes and Pharisees show these seekers a harsh and judgmental God of hypocritical and self-righteous people. Others will embody the Pollyanna principle. They will put a smile on their faces when they walk into the sanctuary. They're the ones that are overjoyed to encounter their neighbor at the grocery store. And they greet visitors with an attitude that all is right with the world. If they even acknowledge that there's trying and tragic circumstances in life, they counter them by saying, Count your blessings. Things could always be worse. The Pollyannas among us send a message of an all-is-good Jesus who only walks with the eternally happy. Brothers and sisters, I think the true picture, the one we should want to present to those asking to see Jesus, lies somewhere between these two extremes. Yet the picture that is Jesus is also extreme in its own right.
The Jesus we should be showing is the rebel Jesus. The one who defied the laws of the religious establishment when he drove the money changers out of the temple, cleansed the lepers, and ate with the sinners. This Jesus is the same Jesus who faithfully followed the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to face struggle and temptation at the hands of Satan, and the one who trusted his Father to protect and to provide. The Christ we have encountered during these last weeks of Lent suffers with us through our disappointment. He meets us there in our brokenness and pain. Yet this is also the Jesus who exposes our hidden secrets and our evil deeds for the whole world to see. He is the one who offers unconditional love and grace, but condemns those who choose not to accept them. The Jesus I want to know turned his eyes toward a crude Good Friday cross, was beaten, humiliated, stripped of his clothing, and died a criminal's death. The Jesus I want to see is the one who triumphed over death and emerged from an Easter tomb, a risen Savior. The one who paid the price for my sin, yet still embraces me, loves me, and redeems me. Friends, how do you want to show Jesus to those who come seeking him? Are you going to show the Pharisee Jesus, painting a picture that plays into the oppressive power structures of the world? Power structures that say, I am better than you are, so you're not worthy to be loved. Or would you rather reveal the Pollyanna feel-good Jesus who says, I love you, so everything's great. I contend that neither of these Jesuses is sustainable. The Pollyanna Jesus cannot comfort the person who is in the midst of one of life's many tragedies. We don't want a God who says, it could be worse when we're suffering. The Pharisee Jesus cannot be compassionate when we come before him less than perfect. We don't need a judging God when we are harshly judging ourselves and our own shortcomings. The sustainable Jesus is the one who is encountered during his journey to the cross. He is the one who loves all people, yet challenges their hearts and condemns their pride. The lasting Jesus is the one who willingly meets us where we are and offers undeserved mercy and grace. The eternal Jesus obediently embraced death in order that we could live. Friends, we cannot reach out with Christ's love if our hands are always like this. Nor can we point the way to Jesus if we're frozen in our seats. There has to be another way, and there is another way. That way is Jesus Christ, and we must embody him. Instead of giving God God the high fives, we must choose to love and serve all of his children, the rich and the poor, 
the healthy and the ill. Instead of expecting Jesus to show up in our comfortable place in the church, we must experience him by making sacrifices for others. If we want to grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to the world, the Jesus we show must be the one who gains strength through vulnerability, power through weakness, and justice through love and mercy and forgiveness. This is the Jesus I want to see. It is the Jesus that I need to see. Whether or not he comes when our hands are raised in prayer, praise or folded in prayer. Amen and amen.